In a world where the internet is filled with trash-talking 12-year-olds, one website stands out as a safe haven of decent human behavior. Co-Optimus. Oh yeah! Co-Optimus, your prime source for co-op Hello gaming. and welcome to yet another episode of the Co-Opticast. This is episode 128. It is July 28th, 2014. We have not done one of these in about a month. But hopefully you have been enjoying all the glorious streaming of games such as Spin Tires. <laughs> that uh, go watch that again. Been, go watch it. We've been doing right now, and then come back to this. <laughs> yeah, you just pause, pause this broadcast. I don't know if you can pause a live broadcast. Probably not. But you should watch our Spin Tires stream because Locke and I rolled over that terrain and failed miserably to complete any objectives other than. Get stuck in the mud, which I think is I think kind that's of the how point. you win, right? Yeah, I mean, but you know, we praised glorious Mother Russia. You know, had the the Red Army Choir that's providing right. us the soundtrack. That, was, that's the only true great. soundtrack to that game. In fact, I think <laughs> I, I I followed it up by watching the Hunt for Red October and then <laughs> playing some Red Orchestra. So uh, I think I think Kalinka is the official soundtrack <laughs> to that game. It's nice because it builds up, right? There, there's yeah, that 20 yeah. minute mark there's that 20 minute mark in the stream where Kalink is going and like it starts building up again and Locke is just losing his shit because you guys are finally going somewhere We're that doing just it. makes that stream we're doing spin it's, tires it's pretty good that game is that game's really unique and it has co-op so go uh, make your cars hump each other and start flying yeah. and then get stuck in the mud so uh, you know it's been a while. We've probably all been playing most of the same games, but let's let's talk about that anyway. So, uh, let let's. Oh, geez. Let's start with Nick since he's the only one that's played anything unique beyond the other three of us. <laughs> uh, so the uh, international four was going on, which is the Dota two big tournament, Ooh. which Locke attended. He got to do some stuff there, which. was pretty cool. But that got yeah, me hooked awesome. into Dota. I've been playing, uh, trying to play like one match a night. So been doing a bit of that. How's that going? Uh, you tried to teach us to play Dota. That did not go well. Yeah, we we did, we streamed Dota last week, and uh, you guys you guys did okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, you're being generous. <laughs> it, I, I think it would have been a really good case to use the coach mode lock, to, especially yeah. to stream because you could walk. Like I was trying to like jump around the map it, to yeah. show things, and I, we should do anyway. that again. And I'll coach you, and I'll just. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. You give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so I've been playing a bit of that match night, and it's it's good fun. I think the matchmaking, the more you play it, the better it does with getting you with people that aren't assholes. Yeah. Uh, I've had I've had quite a few good matches lately. Uh, really good people, really good people, uh, friendly, wanting to work together, kind of a stuff, and good balance matches. So when that game is good, when when it, when it's balanced, it's it's a lot of fun. When it's unbalanced, it is incredibly frustrating. Uh, I've also been playing Sacred 3 for review, which we can't talk about yet, but that review will be up Friday. That's the, uh, that's what, August 1st. So, nice. uh, make sure to check out the site for that. Um, also been playing some Destiny beta, uh, got up to level 8 in that, played a bunch of co-op with Jason, and we streamed some of that. Uh, and then finally, I picked up Wolfenstein during the QuickCon sale. Uh, I've been playing that, and it's, uh, it's a really solid first person shooter um it, it's really well written surprisingly uh, the story is kind of deep uh there's i was telling uh, mike before the show started that the dialogue uh it's a lot of internal monologue and it reminds me a lot of the thin red line if anybody's seen that movie or read the book um so that's that's pretty cool there's it actually does video game sex scenes somewhat well which is really weird. I'd heard I'd heard multiple people say that it's a non-embarrassing it, video game sex scene. Yeah, it it's kind of like like I don't know a, if I buy that. Like like a sex scene in a PG-13 movie. I would say it's the best way to equate it like they don't go too far. So mysterious penetration through six layers of underwear. Well, no, like <laughs> Like John Cena, well, I was about like, to say in the Marine. But anyway, continue. But yeah, so so the the cutscenes in the story is pretty decent, but the gameplay is good. That the weapons are are the focus. They're big, kind of brutish 
uh, weapons. They all have alternate fire modes. They all kind of serve their purpose uh, in the combat. Uh, the only thing I don't like, and I don't understand this, I, I've seen this in other shooters, is it's an action game, and you want to collect as much health and armor and ammo as you can, yet they have you click a button to pick it up. Just run over it and let me pick it up. I, like, I don't get that. So other than that, like, you know, everything was really... It's not true to the original Wolfenstein. No, no. Does it go like, bong, whenever you pick up a a gem or anything? It does have, yeah, it does have, when you pick up the treasure stuff, it does have little weird noises. And it actually does have uh, the original Wolfenstein. There's a bed you can sleep in next to a poster of it. And when you do that, you dream of the original and you can kind of play through it. Um, So... Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's 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 pretty meaty. I put about like six or seven hours in, and it looks like I'm halfway through. So it's pretty pretty good for a shooter nowadays. Nice. Are there Nazis on the moon? <clears throat> uh, I didn't get to any moons yet. It's set in like it's like 1969, I think. Uh, that would be a good time frame to put people on the moon. Yeah. Uh, Those Nazis came from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Did they now? Anyway. So that's, that's been my gaming. Sweet. Um. Oh, jeez. Let's do let's do lock next. What you been playing, buddy? Uh, I went to TI four. It was hype to the max. Uh, I was there filming with a friend, and it was really cool to be in a an arena with fifteen thousand people cheering for Dota. So that was <laughs> awesome. I highly recommend it. And. I legitimately care about esports now, so not like, yeah, not even ironically, but or through association. I like, I talk to all the players, and I'm like, "Whoa, you guys are legit!" But um, yeah, that the, I'm doing a bunch of videos for that, so be on the lookout. They're coming out soon. Cool. Hopefully this week. Did you land any sweet merch? Uh, I did not stand in line because the line was four hours long. Oh my god! Wow. Oh. Yeah, dude. There's people like. And the stuff that people are selling on the market now is like 800 bucks for this stupid golden courier, but whatever. I think my favorite thing about all that was when I when I heard that Brad Shoemaker over at Giant Bomb mm-hmm. got the rarest figure and then the rarest thing out of the code. Right, yeah. So, like some like $5,000 courier. Yeah, something stupid, so... That's re- that that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. It is a it is a bunch of pixels <laughs> that are a different color than a bunch of other pixels. I know. And people value it in the thousands of dollars. I know. It's ridiculous. Esports are serious <laughs> business. Look, I mean, sports collectibles go for how much? I mean, they've really broken that barrier fast. There you if go. That's yeah. The case. Yeah, yeah that's but true. a sports collectible is a physical object usually. That's so? True. It's digital age, man. Age of the geek. Everything has its own value based off of whatever. Yeah, you... man. But uh, EMP take all do, that away do, from you. Hey, Lock. Do you, real quick, it's gone not, forever. Not to sidetrack too much. Yeah, yeah. Do, does the community folks get uh, kickback off the resell, resold items? Like the people that make um, the content for Dota too. If you oh, the res- workshop people. Yeah. Do they get if you resell no. it? No. No. If you buy something from the store and then you resell it. The the person who created it does not get a, get a kickback. Okay, I was curious. As far as I'm concerned, I, ban, I, I ban think... used digital item sales. <laughs> but I mean, those those workshop people make a ton. Yeah, of money they make anyway, good money. So. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we were, we interviewed a whole day of just workshop people. So sweet. Um, that was day three. Um. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um. The workshop people I talked to were like, Yeah, I don't want to work for Valve because I just work on items and I make more money than. They can do their own thing, so that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, so Dota Two—that's a thing that I play. I uh, I'm still sort of recovering from it because I feel like I've been gone for quite a while. I was on holidays, then I came back for a day, and then I went to Seattle, and then I came back for a day, and then I went farming, and now I'm finally back for a month. And my wife has gone to take her masters, and she's actually went to X Men school where the uh, X Men. Uh, movie was filmed, which was kind of neat. So she's away, which means I am just rocking here with the dog. So I've played a couple things. Uh, I got into that new Dark Souls DLC, and mm-hmm. that's tasty. Um, it is Crown yes, of the Sunk Sunken King, which is the first of the three DLC parts. Uh, Nine ninety nine or twenty four for the seasons pass, and 
Mike, the way you described it was spot on. I asked him, hey, how's that Dark Souls? And you're like, it's a Zelda temple. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, you go down there and you're pushing levers and you're bopping switches and fighting dudes, of course. And it's under, it's this like sort of underground temple and looks really cool, feels really cool. And it's, it's a little different than any, everything else. I mean, the combat's the same, but in terms of there's actual puzzles and backtracking and things like that, it feels a lot more like Dark Souls 1 uh, rather than yes. hopping to just teleporting to bonfires like you would in uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls 2. And, and, and there's a lot of bonfires in yeah. it, but they're they hard are, to get to. <laughs> they are a lot further apart than any of the other ones in Dark Souls 2, yeah. which was... It brought, that, it brought that bonfire stress back that you get from, like, you'd, you'd have a in Dark Souls 1, you'd have, like, a really good run going, and like, alright, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yep. And then you die, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta go back and do all this again. And you do all of it again, and you finally beat it, and you realize that the next bonfire was, like, a room away, and you just, like, punch yourself. Yep. Uh, there's th- There was one uh, good moment in that Jason and I were playing it in co-op where we, uh, you know, you leapfrog each other. You're like, oh, we'll get you to the bonfire, and then we'll go back and get you to the bonfire, and let's keep going. And uh, so we we're getting me to the bonfire that we found on Jason's game, and we we're getting all the switches hit, and everything was going great. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to drop down. And then I, I miss, <laughs> I misjudged what I needed to do to drop down, and I jumped to my death. Yeah. Right at the, like, literally the last step before the that bonfire. I was like, ah, well, you know, I'm going to solo this. Welcome to Dark, Dark Souls. Souls. Yeah, Dark Souls. Yep. Um, so I think it's cool. I mean, obviously, if you're a fan of the game, you're going to pick up that DLC. I think it's... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play through it again. I've only played to, like, the first bonfire, which took me an hour to do in there, so... I would say it's more worth paying for than the uh artorias dlc was right yes in in the in dark souls one it's a it's less expensive b it's actually it's actually more content than that entire dlc yeah and you're getting three packs like just just this first pack is more content than the artorias the the only pack for for dark souls one so and it's cool too because the game is patched and you go into it and you can actually go to where the first dlc is but you can't enter there's a door that you can't enter unless you have purchased the DLC, which I thought was a nice little tease. Um, other than that, I've been playing Curse of... How do I say this? Neuromaxis? Naxis? Naxaramus. Naxamagis. You're perfect on. Yes. Um, uh, that's the Hearthstone DLC. Hearthstone expansion. expansion. Which adds a single-player sort of challenge mode, which is very interesting. Uh, I know a lot of people were asking for that for, you know... They don't really feel like, you know, fighting people. They can go through and earn some cards and earn some levels. So I think that's really neat. It's thematic. You earn cards. You earn some, like, cards through completing the campaign. Campaign. Quote-unquote campaign. They've, what do they have, like, five weeks of of content, and they're doling it out every week. Um, Yeah, and the next one comes out. It's based on the... the, the, It's the WoW dungeon. It's the famous raid from Vanilla WoW, and that entire place was a series of thematic wings, and so you'd go to, like, Spider Wing, and their Death Knight Wing, and Plague Wing, and all that, so they've sectioned this out so that you could... uh, They could could release it in stages. And so Which the, is actually kind of mirrors how raid progression works. <laughs> no, that's interesting. It's like, yeah, basically a WoW raid, but in card form. So the first one they have out uh, is the Arachnid Quarter. You have three different bosses. Um, I don't know any of them because I didn't do that that raid. I didn't play WoW to... They are the first... They are releasing them in the order you would fight those bosses. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and you actually sort of have to build specific decks for each boss, which I found interesting. It makes you think and play differently. So that's kind of fun. Um, there's a class challenge, which makes which forces you to use a preset deck. That's more of like, yeah, a scenario, sort of set piece scenario that you have to go through. And then there's a heroic challenge, which is just like... That's if you have a lot of cards and you. Have yeah, the, the heroic challenge is actually where you have to. You really have to build the deck mm-hmm. to the the fight. Yeah. Uh, that I was able to. I was a, with my standard deck that I use. I was able to clear everything on, on the on the first solo, or second yeah. try. 
Um, so, uh, but yeah, the heroic mode, like the best attempt I got was I got one of the bosses down to like five health, yeah. and then they one rounded me. So yeah, they're not joking you know, around. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty stiff challenge, especially if you don't have a huge arsenal of cards. Yeah, and I don't know. I've I've crafted a couple cards, kind of put in a decks, but I'm no, I haven't put any money into the game yet. I kind of feel bad, even though that's the only thing I play on my iPad now, which is crazy. <laughs> I bought a friggin ipad or a hearthstone machine so um <laughs> and other than that between dark souls hearthstone and dota uh, i've been playing this little game called abyss odyssey but i'll turn it over to jason because he knows more about it than i do i the the thing that got me on was like well first nick's like hey you should probably try this out because it's made by the weirdos who made xenoclash and i'm down <laughs> i am down no with the xenoclash <laughs> and uh, or was it, is it mother father or father mother i forget i think it's father mother father mother <laughs> yes hello Locke. hello uh, tell me about abyss odyssey i think i i reviewed that game too it was pretty good but abyss <laughs> odyssey is a, is a a roguelike sort of thing jason what is it it's um it's a roguelike <laughs> rpg fighter brawler uh, 2d brawler i mean yeah brawler but like they use a lot of concepts that you see in like fighting games so you have like special cancels right so if you're doing a regular attack you can cancel out of it into a special or you could cancel out of it into a roll you know away from you know whoever's attacking you mm-hmm. you know you're mid-air and you're attacking and you cancel out of that to go into one of your special attacks right so they have that kind of idea set with the with the moves, and actually, as I've learned as I've played through, you earn levels by killing stuff. You get experience, and those give you points that you can put into your different special skills. You have three that assign to like up and Y, forward and Y, or down and Y, and, and you know you get more than just three to choose from that you can put in those slots. But those are the only three slots that you can fill with them. Right. So skill points can go into those to you know level up like the attack of them, your defense, which I haven't quite figured out where defense ties into everything. Like, it's supposed to shield some part of your attack, but it's not quite clear to me what part it shields. And then it also lets you uh, generate more mana from that attack. And mana lets you use a special attack that you can actually take the souls of the enemies that you defeat and transform into them. Uh, which reminds me of uh, the Castlevania series on on uh, Game Boy Advance, which were a great series of games. Um, but so it has you know a lot of these kind of fighting concepts to it in the combat itself. And and when you actually get into fights, they block off you know each side of the screen so you're in this little mini arena for wherever you happen to be in the map. Sometimes that means there's like a pool of lava over to one side, or there's a platform right in the middle over an endless pit, which really sucks because then you don't have like hardly any room to move around or fight stuff um but the overall goal is that you descend down through this pit to the bottom where you fight the slumbering warlock and when you beat him up he has this little mask that shatters and each time you beat him up more more of it shatters and when you get rid of it all in your game it opens up new stuff in your game it also contributes to an overall community goal of shattering oh, that. Oh, cool! Mask. I didn't know that. Yeah so, yeah. so there's a much larger like everyone contributes to this, and that unlocks new stuff in the game, which I've already seen. Actually, when I first played it last week, it was fun. I saw some stuff. When I played it just tonight, um, there was new items. So there wasn't necessarily new enemies, but there was new items for me to get, hmm. uh, which I, which I didn't see so, before. So, if I can interject, yes. Um, in describing this game, I, I actually thought about it a little bit, and I think it's what I wanted the Castle Castlevania fighting game to be. Right. A little more action-backed. Like, it feels, back, yeah. like it feels like, you know, one of the, the like, Egovania games. Um, so, like, Symphony of the Night and the Game Boy and DS stuff. And uh, it has all the fighting game mechanics... Because it's not really a straight brawler. You can't just sit there and, and spam a punch. No. You have to really think about like blocking. And, and I never found a use for canceling at least once. Like like you'll pick up an item and the item will be... like like The first time I beat the game, about a third of the way through it, I picked up a flame sword that had a lot of 
Like, it had, like, triple damage compared to what I was carrying. And then the entire rest of the game was stupid easy. Like, I was able to just roll through the rest of it because I could lock a guy in a corner and just pummel them to death. And no matter what enemy I ran into, I was able to do it. And uh, I guess some of the criticisms I've heard about the game are that it is too easy, even if you get the hard paths. Right. Um, but, you know, it's it's intended to be replayed and replayed. So, you know, I guess we'll see what happens as everybody unlocks stuff, if there's anything that changes. And a lot of that, though, depends, too, on what you find. So, I mean, that was, yeah. like, really good luck to find that weapon. I've gone through where I've gone through three chambers and found no weapons for the class I'm playing whatsoever. And, like, the base weapon, you know, will get you through up until a certain point, but then you hit your first hard level with the base weapon, and you start to feel it. And, I mean, like, it's good. I mean, like, you can still make it through. So if your main character that you're playing as, they have the uh, Katrine, they have Ghost Monk. Ghost Monk! Which, I mean, why do you need anything else? The guy's name is Ghost Monk. And then they have Pinkoya, who I just unlocked... Who you have to unlock by paying for, basically. Not real money, but in-game money you have to unlock. Um, But, uh, so they have those three characters, and if one of them dies, you instantly spawn as a soldier, who then has to get to the next altar in order to... Yeah, that's an interesting mechanic. Well, that, plus the fact that you have um, the monsters that you can transform into basically give you three lives so you know if you burn if you transform into the monster burn through that you go back to your main character if you die as a main character you go to the soldier so it's like you have three characters to use to be able to get through you know everything um which is you know fairly generous i'd say for a roguelike game but um it's it's it is a lot of fun the biggest downside to co-op um, that they patched in, I think last week was friendly fire. So you're, you know, you beat up on your co-op partner, and these are really small areas usually that you fight in, and it makes it tough not to hit them. And because it's not like you can say, okay, well I'll just take the left hand screen, you take the right hand of the screen. Usually enemies just come from like one side, or if they do come from both sides, it's like one guy gets one while another guy gets two or three. And so it, it makes it tough to manage sometimes because those monsters aren't just going to sit on the either side of the screen. They're going to start moving around. Um, so inevitably you're going to hit your partner. Now they did enable it so you can turn that off, but here's the deal. If you turn it off, you no longer contribute to the community goal. Now, okay. I don't know if that means coming back the other way so that community goals that have unlocked go into your game. That's not really stated. It's not really clear either, since some of the community rewards aren't, you know, easy. Oh, you know, it's not like you go, oh, that's that's comes from because you know we beat up on the warlock a lot. But um, at the very least, if you turn off friendly fire, you cannot contribute. So basically, you're just kind of playing in your own little game with your friend. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting game. Cool. It's it's like ten bucks, and I think it's uh, well worth checking out. It's it's a unique blend of a bunch of different genres and it definitely you know um can someone remind me who the developer is ace team ace team, ace team. thank you yeah it's got oh, that ace team charm which i i enjoy some people think it's whack but whatever it's ba- well it's actually based entirely in chilean folklore yes it's amazing yeah and there's a skele- red skeleton dude with guitar yeah there is but and and there's a, another you know like devil with a violin that guy's you know pretty cool that makes sense yeah you know and then there's you know like you know a monster that has a giant beak and attacks by kicking things I, i'm down with you know that that uh, south american folklore guacamole right in my wheelhouse now with Abyss yeah it's, Odyssey. it's i actually think it's really cool that they have all of that like it's a it's an it's interesting perspective that you don't normally get mm-hmm. in uh, in games, you know. Totally, like Western games in general. It's either fantasy or you know military man shooting. So uh, I wrap this section up by saying that I too played Dark Souls 2's DLC. Um, it's it's great. Um, it'll actually be. I'm actually not looking forward to going back to the regular portion of the game because <laughs> Dark Souls 2 is super linear. 
and the DLC is totally not, and that's part of what I really loved about Demon Souls and Dark Souls is just like the crazy level design, just working out, like just seeing how everything worked. Uh, and, and you know that was mostly Dark Souls, but in Demon Souls, you know you could go basically wherever uh, right from the get go. Um, so this is is pretty sweet. Played a lot of Hearthstone, got some ranked play, stomped some fools. I'm currently on a f- seven game winning streak. Nice. Um, and uh, gonna get my gonna get my card back reward uh, for this uh, this season. And I also played Abyss Odyssey, Destiny, and Strider. And uh, I I didn't like Strider. Jason did. We can argue about that later. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the news because there's some uh, some interesting stuff that got announced in the uh, past few days. So Nick, why don't you kick us off? Tell us about what Gearbox is up to. Yeah, there was like there was a day. It was either last week, or the week before, where a whole bunch of people were like, "Let's announce games," and Gearbox did, and Cliffy B announced his next thing, and. Uh... There was one other one. There was like three games in like a matter of like an hour that were announced. Uh, but yeah, Gearbox announced a new game called Battleborn, and they showed off a teaser video for it. Uh, and it's everyone called it a MOBA right away, but it looks like it's gonna be well. Let me let me quote Randy Pitchford. This is this is it, oh this is the best tweet I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, when describing the game. FPS, hobby-grade, co-op campaign, genre-blended, multi-mode, competitive, esports, meta-growth, choice-plus, epic battleborn heroes. So, so hobby-grade, meaning that it's like, what, an HO-scale train converted into a co-op? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> hobby-grade hobby is for, like, people who build RC cars and shit. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But... <laughs> It looks pretty. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I've I've been reading some of the Game Informer stuff on it, and it's still they they basically only showed the game's competitive mode, which is very much like a, a traditional MOBA. Uh, it's a so what it's like a five uh, on five, uh, Super Monday Night Combat, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of MOBA ish. Yeah, I think I think that's more akin to what it, what it's uh, close to. Uh, the style of the game is really exaggerated, and the characters are. Uh, kind of not set in any one realm, I guess is the best way to describe it. Like, you've kind of got, like, more traditional fantasy characters. You've got steampunk characters. You've got, like, super-sized muscle men characters. Um, I do like the robot with the top hat. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty he's a pretty cool uh, design. So, uh, yeah, and there's even, like, a little anime-inspired Japanese girl. <laughs> like, it's just really, like, random. It looks like they're just having uh, a lot of fun with it. So this is their next-gen uh, shooter. They are calling it a shooter. Uh, at, at its core, um, it's planned for 2015, and it'll be Xbox One, PS4, and PC. So that'll be yeah. one to keep an eye out for. But uh, the full game will have a five-player co-op campaign. Uh, there's a story; it is story-based, um, and it, it says it'll meld elements from the game's uh, competitive mode as well as some other stuff. Uh, so that looks pretty interesting. We'll see see what they do. At least it's something. Uh, Rocks does good stuff. Yeah, new new and fresh, and I yeah, I just like that's new IP. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, speaking of random uh, co ops, uh, co op things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bayonetta two is going to have co op. Woo! Except it's kind of like you're you're co oping through uh, Bayonetta levels, but the two players are betting against each other against. You know what kind of skill they're like, how well they're going to do. Like, I am going to beat more enemies than you, so I'm going to wager more of my in-game currency. I'm and, going to lose my more skill. hair from my outfit and be more naked than you through three quarters of this level. Me too. It's still, yeah, it's still bizarre that game is a Wii U exclusive. Well, you know, Nintendo <laughs> is the only people. Nintendo paid for it, so yeah, next know, they, gen console right there, baby. That's right. <laughs> I, you know, I. Out of all the next gen stuff, my Wii U gets the most play. It's, we're not counting PC <laughs> in that. Um, but yeah, it's called a uh, tag climax because they can't resist a sexual name uh, for a mode with two women you know, <laughs> beating things while stripping. Um, but yeah, so I actually, despite its crazy weirdness and all of the 
discussion surrounding it. I thought Bayonetta, the first one, was a really fantastic character action brawler or whatever the hell we call those games now. Yeah, it's um, solid game. It was a solid game. It was, it was, it was really great. And I, you know, Platinum, I will try everything Platinum makes because they don't always... They don't always hit it, but they are one of the most... They're one of the Japanese developers that actually tries to do new things. Vanquish, baby. Vanquish. Yeah. Vanquish was rad. You know, Wonderful 101 is weird. Um, You know, I like Bayonetta. They got got some bangers. They got some bangers. Yeah. But they try try new things, and they don't... Like, they're willing to take a risk. Mm -hmm. Like, uh... What, Mad World? And uh, what was the sequel to Mad World that we oh, the, all played uh, for like a week? Uh, Anarchy Reigns. Yeah, Anarchy, Anarchy Reigns. Reigns. Yeah. So they 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 always like their games are always interesting. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and plus it'll be funny. It'll it'll be funny to be playing a game that looks like that on my Wii U, which has basically been nothing but Nintendo Factory. Twenty seven percent Nintendo. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, actually, I can't wait to twenty seven percent Nintendo. It's gonna be fun. So yeah, uh, that'll be that'll be uh, pretty interesting to check out. Uh, I don't know if it's online only or uh, if there's local co-op, but it looks like you can uh, do a bot match with it, or you know, play with randos and, and or invite your friends. You say online. Let's uh, climax together, Mike. You, you got it, Lock. <laughs> <Wicked>. What? <laughs> what? Don't worry about it, Jason. We'll tell you when you're older. Yeah. All right. Why don't you get on with your news story? I have a news story? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It's special for you. Do you want to save Winston Churchill? Yes. I don't know. Are you going to talk like that the whole time? The gratitude of every home in our island, in our empire, and indeed throughout the world goes out to the British airmen. Never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many so few. What's he doing? He's he's <laughs> quoting Winston Churchill. And there's a reason for that. Because in Sniper Elite 3, you can now save Winston Churchill. But wasn't he already saved? Didn't he survive the war? Wasn't he already saved? So, like in a biblical sense, was he <laughs> saved? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, maybe. I mean... You just sit there and you drink coffee. <laughs> He'll be fine. Yeah. S- sip some tea <laughs> as the bombs fall on London. No, I'm sure he's During okay. the Blitz. He's good. He's good. So, I mean, you know, shoot a bunch of Nazis in the head, watch it in slow motion, and save Winston Churchill in the same time. Now, this is a single-player DLC right now only. Um, co-op Ooh. is going to be added at some future date. We just don't know when, because they haven't been uh, forthcoming as to that particular time period, although everything else that they've been doing has been co-op. So Yeah, it's interesting that the whole game has been co-op from the start, and they add content to it and take the co-op out. It's like they forgot that they made a co-op game in the first place. Game's so fun. Though. I don't know. Game's so fun. I've still never played any of the core games in that series, just the, the Nazi Zambies. The, I need to go back and play this, more. This the, the third, third one, one is the one to play, I would say. Nick, you probably agree. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, the open the open nature of the missions is a lot more fun. And, and the, I would probably just want to turn off all of the kill shots, though. Cause you, you can skip that, Yeah, you just slider. hit the space bar. And there's a slider, too. Can be like yeah. every shot. I don't is know. Like, it just every oh, it doesn't get old, man. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm not. I don't have the eighteen twelve overture queued up for each one. <laughs> well, so I just not, I not just sure leave that I'm... on repeat. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> we just leave that out for you. Yeah. It's All good. right, Locke. What you want to talk about? A friggin' ten year old game. Fifteen. Well, we already talked about Dota, so. Hey, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. 16 um, years, lock. 16. Holy crap, that makes me feel old. StarCraft yeah. 1, not 2, has been modded by the folks over at Tier Z, or Tier Z, um, to have a, a co-op campaign mode. So, if you want to go through and play, if you, have your, if you put in your Battle.net key so you can download StarCraft 1 at any time, you can grab that, and uh, they tweaked a lot of the difficulty in the missions to to you know ac- 
account for two players, which is, I think that's pretty cool. Sometimes they'll, you know, in a lot of these um, Comp Stomp uh, RTS games, they'll just be like, okay, two more players, doesn't matter, it's Comp still, the AI still uh, behaves the same. So, um, yeah, they've they've been insa- they've changed uh, another mode too. They've added a difficulty mode to insane mode, which is both for solo and co-op. So that's interesting. But again, original game StarCraft and now has two-player co-op, which is interesting. I find that uh, that's a funny game to mod in, in 16 years later. But uh, <laughs> if you, ha- uh, I will say this too, though, if you have not finished the StarCraft Two campaign, you friggin' do it because it's awesome. So, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, so you can actually download all that stuff from from their website, and the story's up on the site there. So, yeah, and the actual creator of the mod commented on our thread on it a couple times Woo! to answer some questions. So, nice. yeah. So, uh, rounding out the news, um, Nick, you and I played a bunch of Hammerfall a while back, uh, and uh, Hammerwatch. Yeah. Sorry, Hammerfall is a rad power metal band. Uh, Hammerwatch. <laughs> we, we played it. It's kind of a top-down, uh, gauntlet-ish yeah. uh, exploration game. And uh, they added a, a new priest character class Ooh. to it. And uh, and uh, Thief. So Thief can uh, can uh, dual-wield, and the, the, priest, uh, the priest does uh, some holy light and, uh, and splash damage. So. Nice. They also heal, which is great, because half the time I played that game, I was waiting for Nick to... You know, come back from death. Um, that game's hard. He that got, game's oh, super he got hard. Over, he got really confident in his in his combat abilities and may have pulled a room with a thousand insects in it. <laughs> oh, oof! But that that game's rad. If you don't own it, it's a solid uh, four player co op game. And it's always Sorry, a dollar. We're, are we playing, talking about Red Solstice and how we're going to play that again? We should. Yes. Uh, yeah. Frig. They added. Oh yeah, the Red lady. Solstice. Ad, they added private lobbies, which was <laughs> our. Biggest gripe about it before. Join, join, we, join. We're trying. We're trying to start a four-player game where we could take it at our own pace and and whatever. And it, every game by default was public. Yeah. And uh, it was chaos. That was we terrible. Didn't, we didn't. We never got to change our loadouts because we kept trying to lock people out of the game. I, uh, so um. So destiny. Uh, the characters the you can uh, they're cross-platform. Have you guys been uh, playing and that? Across, uh, across console generations, I guess I should say. Yeah. So you, you got Xbox Live or PSN account and uh, tie it to Destiny, and that character is going to be good for whichever version of the game you buy. Great. Crap. Actually, that's pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet. I'm, you know, I like I like my character data being stored on servers. Yeah. Uh, I also like that. as of late. I know there's a lot of downsides where I can't say keep it back up or some people don't want to. You know, they're really against playing online all the time. Maybe they have still have dial up or they live in BFE. I'm not sure, or they just don't like DRM in any case, or they just want to download a trainer and hack their character abilities a bit. I don't know. Didn't but, we hear something else with Destiny about how those characters also be playable like across the, the generation, so PS3 people could play with PS4? Uh, right. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I don't know if it says that specifically if if they're actually playing together. I mean, I, it, the news post I think is just about how it's to your account, right? So if you're playing on a PS3 and all of a sudden you upgrade to a PS4, hey, guess what? You can play your character. So you can't on a PS4. so what it what our post on it says is you can't uh like if you have a PSN character whether it's on PS3 or PS4, you can't play with your Xbox friends. Right. Those those are segregated, but I don't know, maybe we'll follow up and, and look into seeing if you can play cross generation uh, with each other. Thought I heard something or maybe Nick that's what you were talking about when we were talking that one time. I thought you were saying that they could play cross generation, but maybe I just misunderstood. Yeah. I- you sit on a throne of lies, sir. I don't know. Nick can look that up and I can tell you about a co op game that got a release date. Oh um, which one would that Laura be? Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris. Nice. I was I was a really damn big fan of Guardian of Light. I uh, believe we gave it uh, the downloadable co-op game of the year uh, for our awards that year. Um, and it is going to be coming out real late. It's got a December 9th release date. Um, but it's 
Like I'm looking forward to that. I really, yeah, really, tight, really man. enjoyed that first game. It was surprisingly good. It was uh, it was great, and one of the best game engines ever created, I believe. Oh, no, that's. Uh, I, I think that is the perfect action RPG engine, and I would like. I would like. Throw that. You could throw that on almost any sort of tabletop RPG. And, and make it work. Like, I, as soon as I finished that game, or as soon as I played that game, I guess, I was like, holy crap, I want to play Shadowrun with this, with these pieces, with these parts. So, that's my little tidbit. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so, so that wraps up the news, and now we're going we're gonna to have kind of an intervention here. Uh, Locke, Jason, and I are going to tell Nick why he's a moron for hating Nintendo games. <laughs> I, don't have, I, I don't have a Wii U. I mean... And how the Wii U is the true next-gen platform of choice, which... It's actually I, not I'm, called the next-gen. He calls it current-gen. Current-gen. Sorry, yeah. Whatever. Currently available console that is of a newer vintage than the Wii 360 or PS3. Right. In that case, the PS Vita, because it can play all those rad indie games on the go. Anyway... Um, we're not really going to talk about that. I think the Wii U is rad, and Mark actually wrote a pretty awesome article about uh, the the co-op experiences on the Wii U and what you can get out of it. But we're going to beat a bit of a dead horse here and talk about Destiny, because the beta just ended yesterday, and uh, I think most of us played a, a fair bit of it between the alpha and the beta. So uh, what do we all think about it? I know... Nick, you played it at E3. Yeah. And lock you too, right? Yeah, that's the only time I've played it. So yeah. I'm still okay, waiting so on my friggin' Nick, white Has PS4. anything uh, appreciably changed since E3? Yeah, you know, and actually, Jason and I, when we played, we played some of the beta the other night. Uh, yeah. We noted that even since the alpha, which I think the alpha was essentially what was at E3, um, th- everything kind of got refined. There, there was some mechanical stuff. The, the graphics definitely jumped up. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a, just an overall coat of polish, but the, the shooting mechanics just felt like they had a little more oomph film, like the feedback on, on hitting guys and stuff. Um, what else do we say? Obviously, the big thing, the thing everyone was talking about was the uh, the audio from your, your <laughs> AI guy. Uh, they got a little filter on it. And they cut the. And they took away the best line of dialogue. The moon. The, the recent from the gaming history. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was more or less the same content that was in the beta. With I think there was two extra missions, uh, or in the alpha. I'm sorry. There, was the crucible in the alpha? I don't think it was. The crucible yeah. was in the alpha. It was. Um, you had the strike. You had the dark within, and then you had explore. Yeah. And then they added three story missions around that. And this past weekend, they did the special event where you could go to the moon. Oh, I missed that. Oh, did you find the wizard? I unfortunately missed it too because we had company, and like I had just logged on and in a time to see, oh, you can go to the moon. And then they arrived, and I was like, oh, I'm a <laughs> wizard. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think it it's going to deliver on what they're basically trying to do. What What's interesting, though, I, I think in terms of content... Uh, and I don't know how accurate this is, but before they were saying like the beta is about ten percent of what the game's going to offer. Um, you know, you can blast through that in like an hour, in an hour and a half. So, yeah. uh, so Destiny ten hours confirmed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> that said, like some things like the strike mission, for instance, there's the, there's the tank battle in it that just takes an obscene amount of time to complete. Um, we were kind of hoping to see that turned down a bit making it a little more fun and not so monotonous. It felt like a... uh, It's one of those things, right, where you don't really have a a feel for what the gear in the actual released game is going to be. And it felt like they were... like, Like, say you're able to get, like, you know, epic or legendary weapons from an early level. That tank battle, you might be rolling into it with a weapon that does twice as much damage... Um, but I, the, the, the problem I had with the strike missions were, um, at least the tank one, the, the one with the floating eyeball, uh, thing. Well, it's immediately yeah. after um, the tank. Yeah. Yeah. That, like that, like that boss fight felt reasonable. It was interesting and kept going, but the tank one was like, it would sit there and be a bullet sponge. And then literally every two minutes it would spawn five enemies and you'd kill them instantly and just bullet and the tank would 
you know absorb more of your damage. Yeah. So I like it felt it felt artificially padded. Like you beat three or four waves of those enemies, and you, you pretty much know you've got the fight down. But instead, it's more like twenty because it's uh, it's a little a uh, little unbalanced. I compared to what equipment that the characters were holding at the time. So hopefully it'll be more interesting than that when it releases. The the one thing that worried me a little bit was that the the story missions just seemed kind of throwaway. It's like you go into the same area that you can do the like freeform explorer and the freeform explorer is kind of neat cuz you can look around and It'll randomly give you like a wave-based survival mode, or go to this point and take a look at stuff, and that that'll probably be good for a while. Um, but really, it's like the the story missions didn't have any anything that felt like, say, like a Halo game where you'd you'd like you know roll through and you'd come out of the jungle or whatever, and then there'd be a giant fucking Covenant ship flying overhead, dropping dudes off, and everyone's reacting to it, and it, this was really like robot Peter Dinklage saying, <laughs> oh, well, you know, there's some guys, let's go shoot them! And that, you know, then you you beat, like, the the one named enemy in the level, and then all of a sudden, it ends. And if that's what the story mode's gonna be like, I've, I'm a little bit worried. Um, so hopefully, it's a little bit more dynamic than than that See, in terms just, of the storytelling I get that at the same time I felt like the story missions were bite sized like they, they worked well for me for just going in get through a little bit of story or whatever and then if I want to drop off and go to the free explore or something else like the strike missions and this is probably just because of those boss fights and the way that they are the strike missions feel incredibly long it's also interesting too that the strike missions can only be completed if you're PlayStation Plus. Like story missions are all you in explore is all you get if you well, just buy the, the game. That's it, because the strike missions have to be played in co-op. Yeah, you well, can't, yeah, you they're can't play. You can't everything. play them single player. That's why they're PlayStation Plus. Sure, but you know, but that's just interesting too, right? Is that it's not something that they leave up to you to just you know, I'll, I'm going to toss jump in this game when you can see people just all about the world. Like as you go about, not just assuming but that you're going to you, find. But if you don't someone. have PS Plus, do you randomly get people in your fire team in the Free Explorer and whatnot? Probably not. No, I have PS Plus. I can't tell yeah, you. Probably not. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I think the I I mean, obviously the story is going to be whatever the story is that they're going to reveal at some point. I mean, heck, your guys are actually zombies, so I mean, there's got to be something that they're going to do with that, but. Um, I, I, know, think, I, I, guess I, I think I, I think they're just a good like there size were some for that. voiced cuts like your character has a voice so I know there's going to be a little bit more than what they're willing to show in the beta content but it was really like like Bungie's cutscenes didn't always have the best writing and a lot of their lines felt flat but it seemed like they were trying to make something really cinematic and cool like I remember being overall it's my least favorite game in that series but like when halo 2 had those like arbiter cutscenes, like right at the beginning like that was pretty progressive uh for the time and it, it doesn't feel like any of the stuff in that they've shown so far in destiny feels even up to that level so it, it makes me a little bit worried because i've always enjoyed i've enjoyed all the weird lore and mythos that they they put into the bungie puts in their games so, you know, the Bungie fan in me is a little bit worried. I think the game plays, like, the shooting is great. I, you know, I really, you know, I, I'm i glad that the PS4 has a controller that's actually usable for first-person games now <laughs> because it's it's super enjoyable. Um, and it feels like the combat feels mostly as good as any Halo game I've played. You know, the, the default difficulty is a little too easy. And, uh... Like if you'd set it to what? What did they call the the hero mode or whatever? Uh, Legend mode. I don't remember. But they, like you something. could replay a mission in a harder difficulty, and it would sit there and be like, "Yo, your gear's gonna suck now," <laughs> and it would flat out tell you your gear is at forty, like forty six percent, you know, effectiveness for the duration of this mission, um, which you know could lend a little bit to the replayability and the challenge, but. I don't know, like, I'm definitely going to play it, but I'm a little, I'm a little worried. Like, I'm, I'm not Justin, where I'm like, this game is bullshit. 
but I'm not quite as hyped for it as I was before I played he, the beta. He only played the multiplayer stuff. He didn't play any of the game, the core game mode, so... And he didn't know Mad Max was a movie, so, I mean, this is the type of He's a kid. opinion that we're, He's we're a questioning kid. right now. Um, yeah, I... After talking... It, it's a weird balance that's happened, because Nick and I came off of E3 just super hype, and then I people at home who hadn't been playing it and didn't really know what it was, once everyone got their hands on the beta, they kind of, like, leveled things out in my eyes, where people that didn't know what it was got an idea of what Destiny was all about sort of this pseudo mmo shooter thing going on with loot and they're like oh that's really cool and then the people who um you know like i'm my hype is sort of dying down but then again i i didn't i haven't played it since e3 so but let me tell you i still have that stupid white playstation pre-ordered <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh yeah we'll see i have what i have a month to decide now yeah something September like that 9th, so so I, I won't play it. I think they're doing something really neat. I don't think it's going I, to be I like. Th- I hope it's. I hope it's great. Yeah, I hope it's great. Like, too. I want it to be great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have, I have faith that you can't, you can't judge it based on the on the beta, the story, and everything else. They they tried to get a bunch of different vertical slices to test out the different systems and everything mm-hmm. else, and um, you know, they they wanted to test out their mobile app integration and the website stuff. And they had all that stuff going and. Uh, Honestly, I felt like most of this was testing for the Crucible because they had a lot of multiplayer yeah, stuff going on for that. Yeah, I mean, they, their their network infrastructure stuff definitely seems to work well. Um, we'll see. I, I they, they what they have there. If, if it all comes together, uh, it it it'll be great. You know, all the individual systems, everything from like even the interface that they they've put together for that is pretty advanced for kind of a console. With, with some of the stuff that they did with like inventory management and uh, and stuff like that uh, to basically give you a mouse cursor instead of you know it's a big punch in the balls right. no PC version yeah. they make a mouse cursor right. UI for the consoles yeah. um, which obviously works well with the with the touchpad on the on the PS4 but uh, yeah well, I, I I have faith I didn't even know you could use the touchpad for it <laughs> <laughs> I was using the right stick or whatever. Uh, yeah, so that's Destiny. Not too much. We don't have too long to wait. That's basically kicking off the fall gaming season, which yep. is looking looking like some of the stuff's Slim. getting pushed out and, and delayed. Uh, Locke, you actually, I think you missed it, but uh, while what? you were gone, EA delayed. Uh, there are only two games that they showed at E3 <laughs> really? in Battlefield. Uh, they pushed to next year, and Dragon which... Age Inquisition they pushed to end of, or end of November. End of November <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, huh. so basically what they showed at E3 was their sports games, which I find right. interesting. So they were re- they were really underprepared. Um, I'm really really looking forward to FIFA. I am sure. too. Yeah, I mean, it, wait, those those sick 11 man celebrations that they're adding. <laughs> Great. That's what they're working on. Great. Um, okay, yeah. well that's a thing. That's interesting. I I just, you know, not to go too off no 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 i didn't hear that i again i've been so out of the loop all i can remember is that there's 11 million dollars on the line for some tournament <laughs> so let's uh we we got we got a couple voicemails um, i think from our, our friend roy and philly yeah. uh but i he 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 sent us a couple that sounded good but i think uh we're only going to talk about one of them today She'll be we'll, we'll, hit, we'll hit one real quick because it, well, this, he, he asked if we're still playing titanfall the answer is no except for justin justin plays titanfall apparently every day it, it, yeah justin he really sees loves titans titanfall. and everything it, it, he, he even shows it to his girlfriend and apparently and he's trying to imp- apparently she doesn't care he's trying to impress her with his titanfall skills and it's not working so <laughs> well Maybe she's got a good head on her shoulders. <laughs> well, Titanfall's a great game, but I it ran its course for me personally really quickly. Yeah, they, they, they I think they missed the boat with a lot of stuff with Titanfall in terms of building uh, a sustainable kind of sustainable replayability. How's that for uh, yes? Two, no, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's that thing. Of, it was fun for that that short time with it. That it was basically fun for the beta, and the full version was the. You know, you got a little bit more of that, but the maps in it weren't enough to keep it fresh. And I know they tried to add, I guess they added, 
what was the big thing that they made? Because you couldn't get certain items unless you played the campaign, so they had to like change that around because nobody was playing. The yeah, because no one was playing the campaign. campaign so, yeah. Anyway, so we're going to talk about actually his uh, first email is asking us about HD remakes and uh, re-releases. I'll tell you what I would pay good good American dollars for is if uh, someone would make a co-op co-op hd remake of secret of mana okay and uh okay we're talking and, and it's uh, sequel it, it didn't suck because every game in that series since second densetsu 3 has been bullshit That's true. so i don't i don't feel like they could make a new one that was any good but if someone could bring back the magic of secret of mana or second densetsu 3 and modernize it and stick it on one of the new consoles. I would buy the crap out of it, but it's not happening. I, I actually um, just requested an HD remake today in a news article. Um, Fifty Cent Blood in the Sand. No, no. Um, there was a that would be a good an one. indie game that had re- called out Smash TV as being its inspiration. I said, I'm still waiting for an HD remake of Smash TV. So that would be that would be excellent. Yeah, someone make that. Damn it. S- so uh, the second uh, the second uh, voicemail he left was actually thinking about it, it's kind of beating a dead horse from like early on in the site because uh, one of the core arguments that uh, happened way back actually probably in the early days of the podcast was when uh, uh, Infinity Ward would exclude co-op from their campaign in Call of Duty citing story concerns. And uh, Treyarch would be like, "Yeah, fuck it, here's some co-op." <laughs> and uh, you know, there was kind of a split in the site because Infinity Ward, at, at least at that time, made the much, to in my eyes, the much better uh, campaigns yeah. than um, and you know Treyarch better did because you hear that accent come out in Mike's voice. The much better, much. but they they were yeah. they were way tighter, but they didn't have co-op. Yeah, they didn't. So. But they would always they they would always cite like well we want you know to do make sure that all the events and everything trigger for the right time and the camera we can control one player but two I mean they'd have to warp around and what if there's two you know Captain Prices or what you know they'd cite all these reasons and we would say that's horse shit look at how Halo does it you know they put four fucking Master Chiefs in there yeah. no one cares cognitive dissonance <laughs> out 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 your ears. But, you know, Halo is a supreme co-op game. So, personally, I feel like you could do... Like, for the same reason you could exclude co-op for a story reason, you could do something really cool for, a, a like, a co-op experience. Like, you could have a game where two players are playing the game together, you know, in co-op the entire way and then literally like one of the players can permanently die by reasoning of the story and then the other player would have to go on and finish the game alone like you could you could actually use your story to screw someone out of playing co-op but have it like give you a like an actual emotional gut punch because you've been playing all the time with this other player and uh I think someone doing something like that sort of does or did that but it's what like like what, brothers? No, Dark Ge- Souls. Gears. No. <laughs> Gears three. I, I, well, yeah, I guess tech. Yeah, kind, I mean, kind of, right? Yeah, not, yeah not to but do spoilers, but spoilers. It's like no, I know, it's massive not, spo- I, I know massive what you're saying. You're saying like the other player literally cannot play the game anymore, and only the one player gets. <laughs> it's literally like like take if you've ever like this is spoilers, but if you've ever played Brothers Two Sons, like. The thing that happens at the end of that game where instead of controlling two dudes, you're controlling one. Like, like something like that, but in a game with actual co-op but would be s- super rad, I think. I, I agree, and there's been a lot Maybe of gimmicky, but like I, don't, I can't name off the top of my head a game that's done that. I, I think that's where you're going to see a lot of indie games push forward with these ideas, because people feel like within that market it's allowed creativity versus what you see a lot of times from AAA, although that's changing all the time too because AAA, I mean the the definition between AAA and indie is vanishing real quickly I mean, you're getting to the point where you just have developers, period um, but I think, you know, we're starting to see more and more of people playing with different concepts and different ideas for what you can do for 
games. And yeah, I, I think you're right, Mike. I think it would be cool to see someone play with ideas and concepts for co-op campaigns. There was an idea, actually, I had at one point of, of something to do uh, that I think would be really interesting of a choices that people make, you know, throughout games, moral choices, but it's split between the two characters, and depending on which they choose, the characters could eventually go off on individual missions before they meet back up. So basically... Co-op gods will be watching. Well, I mean, uh, not quite, but I mean, like, there's branching story paths, so you could play the entire campaign, this, you know, together, if you all make the same choices, or if you decide, I really don't agree with what the other person says, maybe at one point the two of you split off, you can't communicate, you can't, you know progress uh, cooperatively until each one of you finishes your own separate story missions and then you come back together again I think there's some really interesting things there and that battle to the do. death maybe so so to uh, to bring it back at the core concept I, I feel like any developer is certainly within their right to say that their story is only only good for a single agent of change but I think that most gamers will take fun over immersion in a game like that. Like, again, Halo. Mm -hmm. What do they do in Halo? They put, you know, until Halo 3, it was four Master Chiefs running around. Just four Spartans. There's only one, there's only one Master Chief, but in co-op, there's four of you. And no one says anything about it. And, uh... So maybe they're your imaginary invisible friends that only you can see, but I like <laughs> like it doesn't Im it doesn't actually impact the story at the slightest to have extra players there. I think the th especially the thing with the is, way those are set people up. People play co-op stuff for the fun. They don't. They generally are playing it for the story and the immersion. It's the same person that's sitting there playing, you know, an RPG or. Uh, an adventure game like Uncharted or something like that, where they're they're really invested in the story, and I think for most co-op folks, it is it it it's fun first. It, it, that's it just makes sense. You, you know, games should have been co-op. I'm, I'm not going to call out Divinity Original Sin as that. In many ways, I feel like Divinity Original Sin is a terrible co-op mode because you can't just go in and have fun. Like you have to immerse yourself with your co-op partner in that game. Like, the two of you have to become vested in the entire thing because you're controlling characters. You're role-playing. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Jason, I, I, Jason, I, I disagree. But, but yeah, yeah, rock, paper, scissors. But at the same time, it's a great co-op mode because of that. It's 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 a split yeah, for Like, I had a ton of fun just jumping in for that, like, 40 minutes that I played with you, and I had no idea what was going on. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I my, crashed my the favorite system. Part was I yeah, but I mean, like, that's also like taking you on a tour. Like, I didn't have you go through. Hey, we're gonna run over here and interview this suspect to this murder mystery. Yeah. And run over here. Like, I mean, there's a lot to that game where it's it's immersive and it's great. Like, as an immersive experience, that's the kind of game it's intended to be. Um, but I, I think for you know the fact that you have games like those for people who really want to do that, for the most part. You're right. People just want to hop in and have fun together. They don't care that much about the story. Lock, you're really quiet. Hi. Enjoy it. Hi. What are your thoughts? Um, for me, I don't know. I play for a lot of reasons. I mean, uh, look at a game like. Well, I don't know. Look at look at Dark Souls. That that game. Would you say Dark Souls has a story? Who are you ask? I would say it has a backstory. <laughs> a backstory, but at the same time, it's like. I don't know. Uh, I play that game for both the story and the mechanics, but so, I, I would say a lot of people would look at Dark Souls and say, ah, this story's kind of weak, but I don't know. There's a lot of lore that you can... Yeah, you have to dig to it up, do. right? I think it's cool when stuff is revealed to you in sort of a... a it, it doesn't like just hit you right in the face. I think that's... There, there's a time and place for it, but I, I, I don't know why, why that is. I it's it's intriguing when you sort of go through a game and you are yeah you're just sort of not necessarily surprised but you have those aha moments and i like when that happens well, it's like environmental storytelling right sure. you play yeah. something like like Met, like super metroid super metroid has a a story you can kind of piece together but there's a beginning cutscene and ending cutscene yeah 
You know, maybe maybe a slightly better example might be Metroid Prime. Since you the story is optional in that game, you roll through it, but you can sit there and like examine things and find find bits of information. Yeah, and a lot of other games too where you just sort of create your own story, I think are really fun. Like Far Cry, you there's a story there. But I th- and another one that I always uh, kind of come back to and remind people of is is a game like Left for Dead. Yes. Left for Dead mm-hmm. doesn't have a story, but it's every individual scenario that you play with your friends. You are creating a story with your friends, and yeah. that's what you tell. It's like telling stories over a campfire. It's like, oh, remember when we threw that Molotov and it caught us all on fire, and then that tank messed us up, but then we got out alive. Like that's another way to tell storytelling. I think that's cool too. So, anyways. Yeah, that's the one aspect of that game I always felt like wasn't ever really... I don't want to say talked about much, but like ever really uh, focused upon. Like Everyone <laughs> was focusing on the, the cooperative aspects, but the storytelling that was like hidden behind the scenes there, that everyone... I mean, I remember for a few years there, if anyone had played that game, they all had a story. Yeah. Everyone had... It's, it was just like, you know, the events of people's lives. Where were you when this happened? Everyone had a story for what was going on when, you know, Jimmy pulled us out of that fire that we were <laughs> in or whatever. I mean, you know, it was it was it was incredible in that sense, I think. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I th- I think you what are what are we 6 and a half years after we started the site, we're still of the opinion that you know, people saying using story as a way to exclude co-op is kind of BS. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's going to wrap it up for uh, for this week's episode. O'Connor um, Blue, and I was just want to lead the singing to Buddy. I just want to play d- uh, Day Babe, take campaigns with each other. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you should leave us feedback on iTunes. We like five-star reviews. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Cooptimus. You can leave us a voicemail at 646-926-6748. And there is the cheat code hotline, and I have something queued up for us. Nice. It is for Little Nemo, the Dream Master for the yes, NES. Such a good game. You can press up, select, left, right, A, A, and B, and you will get a stage select. And dress up like a frog and fight a penguin with a magic wand. <laughs> Love it. HD remix. That's going to do it. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We will see you the next time we do one of these, and we will certainly see you on the stream uh, throughout the week and next Monday. Peace. Bye.